Hello, football fans, and welcome into another episode of the ACC Football Academy podcast. Just a reminder, this podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the all-new Google Podcast apps. With that being said, we're going to be diving into our week one college football breakdown uh, in the ACC. And uh, Ridge, it was pretty interesting week to say the least. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely excited. This is uh, the regular season is finally here, you know, with all the preseason talk and all that. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a definitely an interesting um, season or not season, but a week for sure. I mean, a lot of teams went down that we didn't necessarily think that they were, you know. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I mean, the good thing is football is back. So a lot of happy faces, uh, at least before this week. Some of them <laughs> not so happy now, but um yeah, I mean we're 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 still kind of getting over that that loss on Saturday, but we'll kind of dive into that in a little bit. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll go ahead and get kicked off here. Um, we're going to be starting with last Saturday, actually, which was uh, the uh, Florida Miami rivalry game. Uh, of course, Florida came in ranked number eight. Um, yeah. Um. Well. And- go ahead. I'm sorry. And uh, Florida, of course, coming away with the victory, twenty-four to twenty over Miami. It was such a sloppy game throughout. You know, yeah. there were so many turnovers. Um, I thought there for a second Miami was going to pull it out, you know, but of course their defense let them down on some big. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think Manny Diaz has them going in the right direction, though. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do as well. Um, but like you said, it was a super sloppy game. Now. Of course, you know, you can expect that a lot of times in, like, you know, the first week. Well, you're starting you're starting your season two weeks before college football even really kicks off. Almost, yeah. You know, so, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why they decided to do that. I'm not sure if that's something they're planning on, like, prolonging into the future. But, I mean, it, it's great to see. Don't get me wrong. I was definitely excited to see college football. But just for the – even for the kids' standpoint, I don't know if I'd want my team playing during that week. I just don't know – Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, and I mean, all all eyes are on you. I mean, you know, you're really the only major game. So, I mean, um, you definitely have to kind of – I don't know. It was super sloppy on both sides. You know, mm-hmm. you don't – I don't really know what to take from that game because – I don't either. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't know if either one of those teams are good or not. But yeah, I mean, Florida comes away with 10 sacks on Miami. So, I mean – that tells you right there that you don't know if Florida's D-line or D-front is really, really good or if Miami's offensive line is atrocious. Like, Or they just weren't communicating properly, you know? So, I mean, all of that has to be taken into consideration. I, I mean, I, I think both of those teams are good, don't get me wrong, but I just don't feel like that game really gave me much of an indicator on no. what's predict with them, honestly. No, I think both teams played equally sloppy, really, uh, it, it, you know, there was some big plays, but there was also a lot of – it was just a really drawn-out kind of dull game. Uh, even though the score indicates it was a close game, which it was, yeah. it was just a really just dull game to me. Oh, yeah, I, it was boring some parts of it. But, I mean, the last part of it was entertaining to a certain degree because, you know, you had that last sec or last few-minute drive that Florida pulled together. But Yeah. I yeah. mean – We'll, we'll see how those teams are going to fare, I guess, going forward. I, like I said, I thought Miami's going to be pretty solid this year. I don't. I never thought they were going to play for a national title or even get to the playoff. But I thought they were going to. They're they're going to be a contender in the ACC for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think they'll they'll do pretty well, but we'll have to see how if that offensive line was is really as bad as they looked against Florida. Well, sometimes it can just get away from you, especially you know when you're bringing in new people on that line. Because I think some of the I think they had some seniors last year that graduated. I want to say, but uh, I mean, whenever you're bringing in new people to the offensive line, and even a new head coach. It's a different, you know, offensive play scheme. Now, maybe he kept some of the plays that, you know, Mark Rick was calling, but he's, he's a defensive guy. He's not really an offense, you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Yeah. He, might, he might let his, o, his OC kind of take over the show with that round. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and move on to the next one. Uh, it was uh, last Thursday, August 29th. No surprise whatsoever. I think everyone saw this happening. Uh, as number one, Clemson wiped the floor with Georgia Tech 54. Two to fourteen. Then uh, I think I, I'm pretty sure my last podcast where we were going over, I'm pretty sure I said Georgia Tech's about to get fifty hung on them. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. I mean, you know, no, no surprise. Georgia Tech, you know, they're changing complete culture change there. From I mean, everything about it: new head coach, new new offensive scheme altogether. Completely yeah. did away with the triple <clears throat> option, but they did try to do a lot of option type things against Clemson didn't work. I don't think Georgia Tech has a quarterback that can throw the ball 10 yards. Nah. Well, so. they, I mean, that's the problem when you try to establish a system like that. Because West Virginia, they went through that same transition like, what, 30 years ago because when Bobby Bowden was running that like wing tee and then he left and went to Florida State. Well, you know, they struggled for a while because they were so used to running that offense. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to get away from a run-only kind of offense and then try to transition into a pass. I mean, it's high, It's very hard to do. And, I mean, Georgia Tech doesn't have the players for it yet. They just don't. So, I think that's why they really struggled. So, they had to kind of lean on what talent they did have, which was running the ball. They had a little success here and there, but they, they just – you can't beat – you're not going to beat a team like Clemson being that one-dimensional. Uh, not even, in their house. Yeah, no. I mean, that. I think the longest pass Georgia Tech had was maybe like 10 yards. I mean, it was seriously uh, uh, and, only run game. And that's kind of where I'm stuck at on Clemson too because I don't really know – I didn't really take away that they were great from that game. I mean, I know the no. score indicates they – they pounded them, but Trevor Lawrence struggled a little bit, and that kind of makes you wonder going into this week versus Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies coming to town. You well, know, like I've stated in you know previous podcasts, I mean these teams they now have a year's worth of film on Trevor Lawrence, and he he has made some great throws, but he's made some idiotic throws at the same time where the receiver just made a better play. Than yeah, what the throw should have been. You know, he's not going to get away with that with you know. All-American cornerbacks. No. Um. So I mean, he can try to attempt to do that if he'd like, but uh, I just don't think it's going to work out that well for him. No, and I mean, you know, I think he had what two two picks. He, he threw two picks against Georgia Tech. Yeah. Um. You know, and but that kind of goes back to this game because if you do that if he plays that same way against a very good offensive team uh, and Texas A&M has an offense and they, they have can a pretty actually, solid team that's the yeah play. I so mean, they could easily I would say Clemson is definitely on upset alert I'm not saying it's going to happen but I'm just saying Clemson fans go ahead and brace for impact because if he plays like that against Texas A&M y'all ain't going to win the game I'm sorry 
Yeah, I don't see it happening. I, I think Texas, is, I mean, um, excuse me, Clemson is very lucky in the sense that the Texas A&M game is at home because yeah, I really don't think they would win if it was away. I really don't think so. But that home field advantage there may be just enough to squeak them by. We'll see. Um, I don't I think know. it's going to be close either way. Whoever wins the game, I don't think they win by more than, than 14. You know, I think it'll be somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, I mean, most of the Georgia Tech game, Clemson was just loading the box because they basically knew Georgia Tech couldn't throw the ball. Uh, they're not going to be able to do that against Texas A&M. So that kind of goes back to we really didn't get to see Clemson's secondary tested whatsoever. So we'll get to kind of see what they're like. Well, this week. I will say this as far as – Georgia Tech was running the ball pretty effectively on Clemson, at least in the first half. Um, that defensive line, you definitely can tell, it, it's definitely trying to get itself together or gel together with one another because they were letting a lot of plays happen or they were just getting gashed. So, I mean, that that really did hurt them losing all the, that talent to the NFL. You can tell it. I mean, now their secondary might be all right. We don't know because, like I said, Georgia Tech, they rare. I mean, what was the longest pass they threw? Maybe like 20 yards, you know? Yeah, it wasn't far. I mean, they don't have a quarterback to speak of in Atlanta, really. Or at least we don't see one. I don't know. I, I mean, I here's my thing with Clemson. Last season, I don't even think their secondary was tremendous last season. They just had such a good defensive front that it kind of hid the problems in the back, in the secondary. Yeah. This season, they don't have that to rely on, in my opinion. So, we're really going to see what Clemson's got this season. Uh, I don't think... I mean, I was watching Clemson's line and the trenches, and they were getting dominated on some of those plays. So, I, I you know, I don't know. We're, we're going to have to see on Clemson. There's... Well, I know people think who are going to be listening to this podcast that we're being harsh on Clemson, and that's not the case. I'm just honest to God. I mean, I don't really know what to look at that game and kind of give it a true, like, you know, an honest opinion or an indicator that Clemson is good. Yes, the score indicates that Clemson is good. But if you go back and look at the film, there there was a lot of suspect plays that could have ended up in Georgia Tech's favor. Now I didn't I never thought Georgia Tech was going to win the game. Don't get me wrong. I mean I, I predicted Clemson to beat them. I even said like I said I I figured Clemson would hang fifty on them. I just don't think that that game necessarily was a true indicator. The way that, that Georgia Tech played in the second half, you would think Clemson played Furman or somebody. You know. Yeah, and that, you know that kind of goes back to. Was it Clemson being that good, or was it Georgia Tech just that bad? That that kind of is the first week question that you're going to have a million times because you just don't know coming into the season. You just don't know. Um, so we're going to have to kind of see what Clemson does this week. This week will tell us a lot about Clemson. Yeah, for uh, sure. I, I mean, if, if Clemson comes in and smashes A&M, well, then the country better watch out because they're probably going to be prone to run for another national championship. But – We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. That game's going to tell a lot. Um, Moving on to uh, Friday's matchup. Uh, We got uh, Wake Forest and Utah State. Wake Forest gets the win 38-35 against Utah State. Um, This is a team that we were kind of, you know, we didn't really know much about or or kind of an outlook of what they were going to do this season? Well, I mean, it's not trying to be, like, biased or discriminatory to Wake Forest. I mean, they are who they are, pretty much. Um, They're a mediocre run-of-the-mill team. They always have been in the ACC. They've had some success in the past, but we're talking, like, 
almost 10 years ago, you know? Um, yeah. I don't see them being a contender. Like I said, I, I've seen crazier things happen, but I mean, they're to me, they're, they're middle pack, back half end of the Atlantic at best. I feel like that's like their permanent position. Like, I feel like they're, I feel like they don't really strive to become national champions. Like, I just feel like they're okay with where they're at. I, I just don't think they can because, but like I said, North Carolina, the state it's, of North Carolina has yeah. four colleges, right? And, of yep. course, a lot of those, 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 you know, good college football players in the state of North Carolina, they're going to be flocking to UNC. They're going to be flocking to North Carolina State. They're not necessarily going to be flocking to Wake Forest and Duke just because their academic requirements are out of this world. Right. Why would you do that? I mean, you're going to set yourself up for failure. You're going to, oh, well, I want to go to Duke, but I don't have but like 3.2. Well, right. you, might, you might get in, but probably not because Duke is a, they, they have really high standards, especially for basketball players. Like, yeah. Even their basketball players have to have like, a, I think a 3.6 even get looked at. But that's the way Coach K has decided to run his program, and I respect that. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very prestigious as far as academics for sure. I mean, I don't honestly, I don't have much to say about Wake Forest. I mean, I don't they they're kind of what you expected. Uh, yeah. I mean, they beat Utah State. Obviously, it was a good game, thirty-eight, thirty-five. But I mean, that they're probably going to get pounded in the ACC this year. Honestly, Utah State's a, they're they're an average team at best as a mid-major, and they struggled yeah. against them. I mean. They're pretty much Wake Forest is going to be a, a homecoming game for most uh, right. teams. I mean, that's just the truth behind it. Wake Forest fans can get mad all you want. That's just the truth. Well, I guess with that, we'll just kind of mutually agree to move on to Saturday, which is yeah. the more exciting matchups. Um, obviously, uh, a terrible start to Saturday for both of us is Florida State. Drops one to Boise State, thirty-six to thirty-one. That was the noon game. Uh, supposed to be a primetime game. Obviously, the hurricane came in, kind of pushed it back to noon, and moved it to Tallahassee. Well, you know that that is always a, a bad situation because the state of Florida, unlike a lot of other college teams, I mean, some some on the southeast, some getting wrong, but Florida, the state of Florida, is always on high alert during hurricane season. I mean, it's year in, year out there. There's a, the next big storm coming through there. So those college players, they, they know the routine. But, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to adjust for something like that. Because, like I said, the game was – it wasn't even supposed to be in Tallahassee. It was supposed to have been in Orlando. And it was also supposed to be a primetime game. I mean, that is – I'm not making was it Was it Orlando or Jacksonville? Jacksonville, right? Oh, yeah, but I'm sorry. There's another game in Orlando. Yeah, it was like Jacksonville. But – well, here's the thing. They had to they had to set up the whole venue, the whole stadium in less than 48 hours. They had to paint the field. They had to get all the concessions people. They had to get all the security. You know, they had to do all these things in 48 hours, which is pretty impressive. They actually pulled it off, yeah. to be honest. Um, and that's on top of people evacuating. Yeah. And, I mean, so the game came on. Um, you know, obviously, Florida State started out fantastic on offense. Uh you know, quickly scored 31 points in the first half, which is uh, the most they've scored in quite a while. I and, mean, uh, it was you know. definitely impressive to watch. I, I'm, I was definitely impressed with his Blackman. I, I thought, especially in the first half, he played with poise, he played with confidence. Cam Akers was running down their throats. Um, but like last year, they just couldn't find a way to finish. 
Now, yeah. I, I know a lot of Florida State fans are, are upset that we lost to Boise State, but I mean, Boise State is not a pushover team. For all those people out there that think Boise State is a pushover team, go ahead and schedule, and we'll see if it's a pushover team. Go ahead and schedule and see. That's all I got to say to you. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely not a pushover. And I think a lot of Florida State fans are, are really overreacting. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's not a good way to lose the game. You blow an 18-point lead. But there was a lot of first-game mistakes. You know, the, you know, Jackson don't pick up the fumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he could have easily just dropped on the fumbles, you know, gave Florida State another chance. Whoa. We also had... Uh, Cam fumble on the on the drive that I think would have been the momentum killer for Boise State, um, and not to mention the strip sack fumble recovery for a touchdown that they called back. I mean that right there was the game. If we would have recovered that, we would have probably pounded in forty two to twelve or fourteen or whatever. Yeah, but, but we just kept letting them hang around and hang around. And if you let a good team hang around that has that that heart mm-hmm. that Boise State has, it's just. It's really tough to put them away, and uh, Florida State didn't do it, you know. And they call Boise State the giant killers, and Florida State is not a giant yet. They're just not. They're not where they need to be. But I mean, this game, to me, gives a little bit of promise, yeah. uh, just because we scored thirty-one points. Like we didn't do that much at all last year. And that team uh, is good. They on their defensive side, Boise State had like two or three people that are projected to go to the NFL. Yeah, the D line uh, had yeah a couple of guys there. So, and we were scoring at ease for a while, but I mean, like I said, the defense just didn't help the offense out at all. And I'm not putting all the blame them, but I mean, dude, you're not going to score on every possession. You're just not. That's not how football works. Not unless you're playing some. Scrub. There was there was definitely a lot of back and forth. Obviously, the offense had its mistakes. Defense had its mistakes. You know, the defense couldn't get off the field on third downs. I think mm-hmm. Boise State went like 10 or 12 of 19 or something on third downs. And one was like a third and 17 or something. Uh, but see, that's the problem because any momentum that we gained on offense, they just let Boise State come right back and just steal right. away from us. Because if they now, if they were – the problem on offense, Florida State goes, I think it was one for 12 or something on third downs. So both both defense and offense definitely has to get better with consistency. And I think defensively, they just have to fix a few things. They have to make a few adjustments here and there. Um, well, if these, if these linebackers are not going to play up to their potential, then they need to move on and put a freshman or somebody else in. You know what I'm saying? Because I, yeah. I want somebody in there who wants to play who's going to give 110% and not make mistakes. Like, that mistake that Jackson made on that fumble, I mean, why do you not just jump on the ball? Why are you trying to scoop it up and run? Yeah, I mean, there's there's 20 people around you. You're not going to run 100 yards. No. Just, just jump on the football. You get the ball back, let the offense do what they can do. Like, I just, I don't understand that. It makes no sense to me at all. No, I mean, but I mean, it is what it is. Hopefully, Florida State will improve uh, from week one to week two. We will see. Uh, but I guess we'll go ahead and move on because obviously we could just talk about Florida State all day. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So, so we'll move on to our next one, which was NC State and East Carolina. It was a very intriguing matchup heading in as we spoke about it in our previous podcast. But yeah. NC State comes away with the win 34 to six. That's pretty surprising to me. Honestly, uh, of all the all the ACC teams of this weekend, I know it is East Carolina, but to me, NC State was probably one of the most impressive ones I've seen so far. 
just because, like we said in the past, North Car- or East Carolina is not a pushover team by any stretch either. They have beaten big programs in the past, and like we said, if North Carolina State comes in cocky and doesn't put them away, then they're gonna they're gonna have problems. But you know, Matt McKay played fantastic throughout that game, and their defense was pretty fantastic as well, obviously. Yeah, I mean NC State, man, they're they're pretty impressive. But that's kind of, that kind of, I don't know, man. I really thought that would be more of a game, especially with it being the first game in East Carolina. You know how they are, and uh, they really surprised me with that score there. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, East Carolina's no world beater by any stretch of the imagination. But I, like I said, I, I was still fairly impressed in the manner in which they won. Because I, I thought that game would have been a lot closer. I, I figured maybe North Carolina State would have pulled it out at the end, maybe won by 14. But to win in the way that they did, you know, I got to give them props, man. They played they played well. Yeah, so NC State could definitely be a, a problem moving forward in the in the ACC. Yeah, I know. Um, Clemson better watch out for them. So, so should Florida State. We definitely better watch out for them because – they, yeah, they I mean, definitely had our number in the past. Yeah. For whatever reason, they just have. Yeah, for sure. So, with that, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone is at all surprised by the score of the next one, which is number two, Alabama, taking down Duke 42-3. to three. Um, Not really a surprise there, yeah. obviously. I think this game was uh, in Atlanta. Yeah, it was. Well, like we said before – in the previous podcast when breaking Duke down. I mean, they were already down a quarterback and they were down their star receiver. So, I mean, they were crippled going into that game. They didn't, They never, even with the quarterback plan, they still didn't have a chance against Bama, but it made it even worse. Now, I do, I will have to say it is kind of surprising to me how long it did take Alabama to first score because, you know, they kind of had a little struggles, uh, at least in the first half. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I wasn't that impressed with Alabama. Now, like I said, Nick Saban, he's historically, he never shows all of his tricks up his sleeves in week one. So, I, I don't really know what to take away from that game. Because, like I said, I already thought Alabama was going to win it anyway. Was it really impressive to me? Not really. I don't really know what Alabama's going to be. I mean, obviously, they're going to be a tough out for a lot of teams. But are they going to win a national championship? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe Georgia finally, you know finally gets off to yeah. natty or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you just don't know. I mean, again, this is back to the week one thing. I mean, you, you're not really going to see until these teams play better opponents. Duke is just not even in the class of Alabama. They're never going to be. It's just the way it is. I mean, they're not really in a class of ACC schools, let alone Alabama, really. Yeah. I mean, if you if you take an historic anyway. I mean, Cutcliffe so. has done a good job. But, I mean, if anybody would have picked Duke, I would just say you're out of your mind if you thought they were ever going to win that game. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I'm not even sure the if you found a, a Duke football just diehard fan, which I don't know how many of those there are, but uh, I don't think they would even pick Duke. So <laughs> No. He'd be crazy, too, for sure. Yeah. So, I guess we'll move on here. Uh, the Battle of the Carolinas, North Carolina taking on South Carolina. Of course, North Carolina pulls out the victory 24-20. to South Carolina kind of choked the game away. Uh, they had a lead for a long time in the game, and then return of the Mac comes, and yeah, <laughs> there it is, 24-20. to 
Well, like I said, um, Sam Howe, he definitely played better than what I thought he was going to play. Um, we'll see how good he can be. He know. reminded me of a Brett Favre type. I mean, he was just gunslinging it, man. Like, you know, he was t- making risky throws, but a lot of the time it paid off for him. Uh, one time, I think it might have been, it was either the third or fourth quarter. He threw it in between two or three defenders perfectly. I mean, it well, it couldn't have went any more perfect. But if you look at Brett Favre's career, he has had some success doing that. But there was also plenty of times oh, yeah. he lost the game because of it. So he's kind of in that Trevor Lawrence realm. Trevor Lawrence is way better than Sam Howell. But he's a yeah. risk taker just like Trevor Lawrence. Where yeah. I think it, it, it's not always good to try to force a pass, especially into like double and triple coverage. Sometimes no. you can pull it off. But, I mean, you, you don't need to do that in big moments all the time there is sometimes you don't but have that also play. goes back to you know South Carolina probably didn't have well obviously they didn't have film on Sam Howell mm-hmm. so I mean going forward I think it's gonna be a lot harder for him to do that kind of thing he might have a good season this year but like I said maybe next year he might have that sophomore slump because like I said they will have games for an entire year so they'll right. have a game plan against him. so that was another this was another ACC win over uh, cool. SEC to me, South Carolina, they always have this cocky attitude about them. No pun, huh? Yeah, no pun intended. But, I mean, <laughs> well, mainly their fan base. They, they have these outrageous, outlandish expectations that they're, they're going to compete. And I'm not saying they're a bad team because they're not. But, I mean, I don't know how much of a more of a wake-up call they need. Than I just don't know if Will Muschamp is their answer. And I don't and, necessarily think he is either. And I, I've heard, I'm not sure this is 100% true, so don't quote me on it, but I've heard Jake Bentley went into the locker room after the game, kicked a locker, and broke his foot. <laughs> so he's, 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 yeah, out, he's out for at least six weeks or something. Well, he needed to punch the locker room and punch his arm because that thing is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I'm pretty sure no Carolina fan would disagree that uh, Jake Bentley is, man. Well, you know, Muschamp's on the hot seat. A lot of pundits are already saying he might lose his job mid-season. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, that, that program could tailspin out of control. Um, yeah, we'll then, definitely see that going forward. But I, it, it was good to see an ACC team beat an SEC team because I just get tired of hearing that SEC nonsense over and over again. Like we said before, it's a good conference, but it, it is – it is so drastically overrated. It's not even funny. I mean, how many SEC teams went down this weekend to lesser competition? Yeah, I mean, Tennessee lost to, uh, who was it? Georgia uh, State? Yeah, I don't even know who that is. You couldn't even you could even point them out on a map where that conference is located at. Yeah, I mean, yeah, quite a bit of losses. I'm pretty sure Missouri they lost, lost to, to, to Wyoming. Yeah. And then who else lost? Somebody else in the SEC lost. I can't even remember. Uh, yeah, I can't remember either. But they went like 0-4, or no, like 1-4, I guess, against other conferences or something. I don't know. But Yeah. Like we said, I mean, those those teams at the bottom, they're terrible. If you think that Tennessee is going to come into the ACC and win, I'm sorry, you're out of your mind. That's not going to happen. Neither is Missouri. Neither is – I don't even think South Carolina would win. The ACC. Just being honest, they would not win. They're going to beat Clemson, though. They probably wouldn't beat us, especially if we're playing up to our full potential. There's no. Or in yeah. for that matter. 
Yeah, so that was that. I don't know, man. That that was kind of an iffy game for me because we weren't sure how it was going to go with Mac Brown's return, but mm-hmm. Tar Heels pull it out. Um, it was actually a really good game. I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, it was a good game to watch for sure. So um, I guess we'll move on from that one into uh, a really good ACC game, which was Boston College and Virginia Tech. Boston College pulls out to victory. 35 to 28 over the Hokies. Man, Boston College running backs are legit, as they, they claim for them to be. That yeah, mean, they, they are, man. They, they really just, are. They ran it down their throats. And I mean, they have just a stable of running backs, man. Yeah. They're just, they're all just elite. I would say they're just all elite caliber running backs. And they, they of course, have a really good line most of the time, at least offensively. And, uh, mm-hmm. Man, he, I'm, I'm telling you, their running game is tough. Well, I mean, I don't know how good Virginia Tech is going to be this year, but they're always a pretty tough out anytime you play that team. Yeah. But but that, to me, that was very impressive for them to do that. Because Boston College, I mean, historically, they're kind of that, that mediocre middle team. But they have had some outlier seasons, especially when they had Matt Ryan a few years ago. But... To me, that that was that was you know what that was another very impressive win. I, I would honestly, I'd probably say Boston College. Now looking back, to me was more of a impressive win of the weekend than any other ACC team because I kind of forgot about that. that yeah, because I mean Virginia Tech does not have an easy defense, man. Like at least schematically, Bud Foster. Uh, oh, he's a genius, dude. He's always got a good defense, man. At least a good scheme and. Uh, I've actually just saw where he's retiring. I think this is gonna be his last season. Come on down, come on down to, come on down to Florida State. Yeah, we'll take him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess moving on from that, that was also like you said, man. That was a really good game. Really, that was a pretty impressive victory for Boston College for sure. Yeah, it really was. I mean, that's not. I mean, you gotta think that's week one. You don't have any game experience at all. You're coming into this. You know, just and I thought from a mistake standpoint, man, Boston College played one of the better games. Obviously, like week one, you're going to have a lot of mistakes, a lot of uh, missed assignments, blocking assignments. They really didn't have much of that, man. It was they ran really good. Yeah, they were firing all cylinders. Adazio, man, he's he's a good coach. I, I think a lot of people sleep on Adazio, but I yeah, think he, I think he's a pretty fantastic coach, especially yeah. working with the talent that he has. Yep, you know. So we're going to go, we're, I guess we'll go ahead and skip to the next one here. we got uh, number 22, Syracuse, taking down Liberty 24 to nothing. Not really a surprise. Obviously, Syracuse looking to be one of the better teams in the ACC this year. Um, Liberty's not a bad team either. I've seen them play in the past. Um, so, I mean, maybe, and maybe that's why, you know, Syracuse didn't beat them like 50 to nothing because Liberty is a pretty solid team, but. Like I said, we don't really know what Syracuse is going to be. We we kind of had our, you know, are wondering if you know they're going to be the team that everybody is claiming them to be. I don't know yet. Off of this game, we'll learn a, b- a lot about Syracuse in two weeks when uh, Clemson travels to the dome. Oh yeah, for sure. And they definitely last couple seasons they've had Clemson's number for sure. Yeah, so that, I, in my opinion, that game should be pretty interesting. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, especially if Clemson loses bad to A&M, they might lose. 
they could start tailspinning out of control too for them. I don't know, but they might beat A and M. They might not. Who knows? Really, at this point. The beauty of college football, man. Oh yes. <clears throat> and um, I mean, I guess that's about all you can say about Syracuse Liberty. I mean. That was, yeah, a, yeah. I guess, you know, they did a great job at least getting a, sh- anytime you get a shutout victory is, is pretty great. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter who it is. You really. Well, their defense is definitely legit. Um, we'll see how their offense is going to click, but their defense, it, it, it is as good as advertised. Yeah, so Syracuse definitely seems to have a lot of speed. Mm-hmm. So that, that should play well for them going forward. So I guess we'll move on to the next one here. We've got Virginia. Taking down Pittsburgh, thirty to fourteen. Well, like I said in the past, uh, Pittsburgh—they're kind of that that run of the mill middle team. Um, I think Virginia Tech that was a pretty pretty impressive, or I'm sorry, Virginia was a pretty impressive win. Um, and like I said, pundits—they are predicting them to finish first in the Coastal, so it's, it's a great start for them for sure. They're on the right track to get to the ultimate goal of playing for an ACC championship, then who knows after that point. And, I mean, again, in two weeks, we're kind of going to be revisiting Virginia, you know, as Florida State travels to Virginia. That should be a very... Well, Charlottesville is definitely a uh, hostile environment to play in. It's never an easy win, especially when they have a good ball club. Yeah, and, you know, with the way they're predicted to finish the season... I think uh, Florida State's going to be going into a pretty hostile place, man. Because, I mean, a lot of people are very hopeful for Virginia this year. A lot of people think they're really going to do well. So, Yeah. Well, I think mainly for us, though, we just just kind of batten down the hatch. You know, sometimes you, you play you play not to lose, and you're, you're so scared about losing that it ends up happening. And I think for them, it, it'll kind of it'll, it'll humble them for sure, for one. But – it might also bring out the best in them because they'll have that drive. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it'll, it'll turn around into a positive direction. At least be competitive. You know, if we don't win every game, I'm fine with that. But at least make them competitive. You know what I'm saying? Give me some kind of hope or promise that, you know, in the next year or two, we're going to be a team not to be trifled with. Right. Well, I guess moving on from the Virginia-Pittsburgh game, I don't really think anybody thought Pittsburgh was going to beat Virginia. So. No. You know, Virginia comes away with a win, which I think everybody thought they were going to get. So we'll go ahead and move on to the next one, which was um, last night, Monday night, September 2nd. Number nine, Notre Dame takes down Louisville 35-17. to um, There was a lot of surprises in this game for me. Um, number one, Louisville was able to move the ball pretty easily, at least in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even into the second half, Louisville really shot themselves in the foot, man, with fumbles. You know, I remember uh, one drive, I think it was in the third quarter, Louisville was uh, really driving the ball. I think they were maybe on like the Notre Dame 30-yard line, 25, mm-hmm. and fumbled the ball away. The quarterback just let the ball go. And well, uh, You know, I mean, we, we've said that that game could be close in the preseason. Um, Scott Satterfield, he did a pretty good job with some play calling. But, I mean, like I said, he's, it's his first year. You know, he's trying to learn his players. They're trying to learn a new scheme. It's a lot to try to take in. But, I, honestly, I don't think Louisville, after look, looking at last night, if they play like that, I don't think they're going to finish last in the, the Atlantic, honestly. No. I, don't think I, I really think, man, if they were to cut down their mistakes last night, because um, I know at one point um, they, they forced a Notre Dame fumble. Mm. 
Uh, so Louisville got the ball back. The first play after they get the ball back, they fumble it right back to Notre Dame on their own like twenty yard line. So I mean, they had a lot of mistakes, man. And I would really have liked to have seen that game if Louisville didn't make those mistakes because I really think it possibly could have been an upset. It, uh, it was definitely on track for it. Um, yeah, Notre Dame. Uh, obviously, Papa John Stadium is not an easy place to win. Oh God, no! Especially at night, they're very, very rowdy crowd. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, Notre Dame just was able to get that momentum from all the mistakes and just capitalize on them. And that's pretty much how that score came to be. Well, once again, I mean that that's it's the beauty and it's also the problem of week one in college football because there's so much excitement in the air you know a lot of these teams are just you know chomping at the bit to play football but it it comes with the territory because then you have these mistakes because they're just not locked in but they don't have a routine each week they are they know we're game plan game plan game plan yeah practice and practice and practice and like I said, you get that game experience, you know. So the week one, it, it was definitely a great week one to start the college football season off with. But, you know, every year it happens. There's always going to be mistakes. There's always going to be a loss that shouldn't have happened because you made that mistake. Um, now, whether some of these teams turn it around or not, that's a whole other different, you know, story. But, I mean, I, I would say the theme for week one is – there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered, just from my, my yep. standpoint. Well, the beauty is most improvements from week one to week two. So we're going to see a lot of changes made to a lot of these teams. We're going to see a lot of defensive adjustments, you know, offensive scheme, maybe adjustments, player adjustments, maybe switching out some personnel. So we'll see going forward how these teams uh, are able to change up what they did in week one, whether it be good or bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of that's kind of where we're at. And honestly, I mean, if you want to be technical, really technically college football doesn't really officially get started till about week three because then you get all these, like, cupcakes off your schedule for the most part. And then you start getting into conference play. And that's yeah. where you're going to have to be zoned in on a whole other level. Because yep. these teams are not going to be playing around with you. They're coming in to beat you. And if you don't come in prepared, that's exactly what they're going to do. Yep. Yep. I agree 100%. So, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see how some of these teams, even ours, is going to turn it around. Um, I definitely look forward to covering it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're just getting started, man. So, long season, a lot more podcasts, a lot more excitement, mm-hmm. a lot more upsets. And well, What did else? you uh, – what kind of takeaways did you get from week one? Well, I kind of kind of have to agree with you, man. I really think you know there were some surprises. There were there was some not so surprising games. Um, mm-hmm. Like we said, you know, I didn't think Florida State was going to lose, but I did. I wasn't, you know what I mean. I I, I didn't think they would lose, but I kind of would see if they did like it it was just one of those games uh because boise state man they're just not nothing to uh you know they're they're a good team and um i think a lot of people it's funny man because if florida state would have beat boise state like 48 to nothing people would have been like oh boise state's a nobody yeah but since boise state beat florida state now they're like oh you guys lost to boise state or you know it, you just it's a lose lose for Florida State fans. Well, so when you get in games like that, yeah, I, I definitely see your point. Um, 
it, it really, I mean, it didn't really ever benefit us to ever schedule Boise State. You know, I think it's a great matchup, but I mean, like you said, if you beat them, you should have beat them. And if you lost, oh, you got upset. It. Um, so yeah. maybe going forward, maybe they don't schedule a team like that. I don't know. I mean, for me personally, like, I always, because we don't have preseason in college football, I would just prefer us play like a, I don't know, a UL Moreau or somebody like that. You know what I'm saying? Just so you- I wish these games would have been flipped. I wish <laughs> ULM would have been the first week, Boise the second. Because I think it would have been a whole different game, and I really do. But, I mean, you know, Boise would have played differently too if they would played someone else the first game. So, Well, like I said, I mean, people can stop at this all they want. Having a major hurricane off your coast, it throws everything into a, a tailspin. Like, I don't know... I don't know if, you know, what the game would have been if it had been played out like it normally was. We might have pounded Boise State, you know? I mean, yeah. that, that you can't underrate a, a situation like that because it, it's, you, like I said, you have a regiment, you have a certain schedule that you're trying to stick to. When something like that happens, it, it just, you might as well just throw all the papers away and now it's just, it's throwing darts at the board whether you're going to win or not. I mean, that's just the truth. Like I said, I'm not trying to make excuses. Boise State, they played their tail off in the second half and I give them all the props but I, I don't know it just seemed like that mental pre- preparation to close a game was just not there yeah and I don't know why it wasn't I don't know if it was coaching I don't know if it was a hurricane situation or if it's just the players aren't that good I don't know that's the problem with it. yeah it's all it's it all just kind of goes back to the week one thing man like we said you know a lot of these teams we don't know I mean some of these losers could look totally different than the winners in two weeks you know they could look better who knows uh you just never know and and the coaches are going to make so many adjustments this week and going into next week that you just there's no telling how these teams are going to look from week one to week two that's the beauty of it Hmm. but we're going to see and we are going to cover it yeah for sure i mean like i said week one there's the excitement you know the start of the season there's always going to be mistakes made. Um, you're never going to win a national championship in week one. If you think you are, well, then you're in for a rude awakening. But um, like I said, going forward, we're going to see how some of these teams are going to adjust and how good they could potentially be or how good they are. You know, that's all it kind of is right now. It's all potential-based. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to get to see in the next few weeks when you start playing real competition what, what it's going to come down to. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited at least for uh, next week, man. We got a lot of good games next week. I can honestly say for the first time in a few years, I don't know who's going to win the ACC, and I kind of like that to a certain degree. Yeah, I don't. I really have no idea who's going to win it. Um, it, it it is up for grabs as it ever has been. It is. I mean, People, you would you would think Clemson that would be the first thought you would think of, but. Like you said, man, you don't know from that game because Georgia Tech looked really bad, but I don't know if that was because Clemson looked really good. So we're going to see. Because I mean, if you just judge it from the way the game looked, I would say Georgia Tech is absolutely one of the worst teams in college football right now. They just yeah. cannot even throw the ball 10 yards. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I, I to me, they, they should have, in preseason, they should have been picked dead last. I don't know how you would – as a commentator or pundit or even an analyst would look at their schedule, look at them changing their whole offense around a new head coach, a new philosophy. And you think they're going to finish like fifth in that division. Like how that's not, there's no common sense in that thought process at all to me. No. 
Um, no, I mean, I mean, it, it was really crazy, man. I mean, in my opinion, Georgia Tech needs to like, you know, have a walk-on quarterback competition or something, man, because <laughs> they they literally could not throw the ball ten yards. I've never seen anything like it. You know, it was. I don't know if that uh, team could have beat Appalachian State the way they played. Really. Yeah, I mean. In my personal opinion, I think Florida State could have beat Georgia Tech that bad. And that's really bad. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know what to take from Clemson. I, I do think they're going to get – they're for sure going to get tested this week. So, we'll see. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of intriguing games in week one. But they're done now. We know what we've got kind of going forward, but kind mm-hmm. of not. And that's – that's going to be the big thing for me is how do these teams go from week one to week two uh, from a strategy and scheme standpoint. So we're going to cover it. We're going to see it all. Well, the I guess one last thing on week one, especially for some of these teams, they're playing teams that they normally wouldn't play. You know what I'm saying? So they're not yeah. in conference play. So when you play North Carolina State, you kind of, for the most part, you know what kind of offensive scheme they're going to run because you play them every year. Mm-hmm. And you also know the environment because you go to Raleigh or they, they'll come to Tallahassee or whatever it may be. But there's only yeah. that consistency factor. Week one, you're playing you're playing all kinds of teams. You might play LSU. You might play Wisconsin. Yeah, all so, the kickoff games. And... So, I mean, you're, you're, you're scheduling against teams you may have never played before or you haven't played in a really long time as is like Florida and Miami. They haven't played that game right. in what – it's been a while since they played it. I want to say it's been, what, four or five years since the last time they played? Yeah, I think so. And it's kind of a shame because that, that was a good rivalry game, especially back in the 80s and 90s. Of course, Florida stopped playing them. We kept playing Miami. Well, you know, when they're, they're in the Big East, and we kept playing Florida. So right. I mean, every year we always had a dog fight <laughs> with those two teams. I mean, it was, no, it was never a pushover. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that pretty much wraps up week one. Um, um, yeah. Week two, I would say, is going to be a lot more telling of of how the teams kind of adjusted. And also, we're going to really see what a lot of the teams are about because, you know, there's a lot lot more. I think teams would be a lot more improved going into week two regardless. Mm -hmm. I do too, for sure. So, I guess uh, with that, we're going to wrap up week one, man. Uh, I can't believe it. It's actually football season. There's no more waiting. Yeah. And uh, now we just wait Saturday to Saturday. So yeah, I also would like to mention though, uh, keep the people in the Bahamas in your thoughts and prayers because they just got pounded by uh, Dorian. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's pure devastation. devastation. But yeah, hopefully uh, they'll come back stronger and better. But yeah, it, it was watch uh, on the Weather Channel some of the just the catastrophic damage that was done to that place. But uh, oh yeah, ho- hopefully the because I live on the coast, I live in Myrtle Beach, but hopefully we. We get spared for most of the brunt of the storm, but I don't know. It's looking like it's getting closer to the coast, but we'll see how it, you know, it unfolds, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely not a good situation, but um, mm-hmm. I guess that pretty much does it, man. Uh, we would definitely see, it, or you guys will hear us. You won't see us, but you'll hear us next week, uh, breakdown week two, and I uh, can't wait, man. Yeah, I'd like to... I'd like to thank everybody for listening in to the ACC Football Academy from Ridge and Chris. We'll see you next time.